Hey guys, I want to give a big shout out to my buddy. I've known him for about 40 years. Uh, he's a car guy like me, or he's the car guy. But Jay, we love you. We want you to get well soon. We miss you. Get yourself back out there and get back under those buggies, man. We love you, man. Here, here. So today, guys, uh, you know, as a, as as a young man, as a, as a child, you always hear that background noise in sports, right? You know what I'm talking about, Adam? More than just the applause. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's that little voice inside your head that lets you know when to check on what the pitcher is doing, who to see is warming up in the bullpen, and make sure you're looking for the heater down the middle. Well, we have to have somebody tell us what's going on because most of the time we're six beers deep into this thing, even though we're like, the only thing we want to see is a home run or a fight. It's like in a, it's like a NASCAR. I only want to see an accident. That's the only reason I'm watching the damn thing, right? Or it's like filming a podcast episode. You're That's probably right. six beers deep. That's right. And the train wreck is coming. <laughs> but today, guys, we're going to talk about our favorite sportscasters. And I'm not going to do these in any particular order. The last one um, is my favorite. And I'm sure, Adam, you have a favorite. But, oh, yeah. Uh, we'll do that at the end. But some of the coolest ones. And, guys... I mean, we're talking about epic casters, okay? Big Who, voices. The yeah. voices. Who doesn't love Harry Carey? <laughs> right? Chicago, stand up and give a round of applause, because this one's for you. But he was with he was with the Oakland A's. I mean he Did he start there? Yeah, he he did a few other things. Um but mostly Chicago Cubs and Browns, yeah. and, and uh, that's where he was at. I was just watching his Budweiser commercials the other day, oh, man. and those were great. He's got the fishing net when he's in the outfield. Well, you can impersonate him a little bit, so give us a little bit of one of his roles. Wow, what a great day out here at Wrigley Field, everybody. It's me, Harry Carey, joined by a two-bit numbnuts and a full can of beer. <laughs> Something like that. Hi, everybody. Harry Carey here. And welcome to Space the Infinite Frontier. But you know what? He was really known. I mean, that voice is just awesome. But he was known for his seventh inning stretch, right? Was he really? What's the tradition there? Oh, man. Well, he'd, he'd get up and you can imagine Harry Carey singing, Take Me Out to the Ballpark, right? <laughs> Take me out to the I mean, <laughs> I, I feel try like, that one, yeah. I feel like that guy's cracking more than a glass oh, at a Jewish man. wedding, dude. No, nah, he was a big scotch guy. I'm pretty sure of that one. Maybe a couple of pilsners on the side, but definitely of that. One of my favorite things about sports announcers is so many of them are former athletes, right? Or they're at least very passionate about a sport. And then when you look at these gentlemen who are talking about it all day as their job, Physically, you could assume they don't know shit about sports. Not a damn thing. <laughs> yeah. They just—they're bobbleheads. Yeah, they look like they've hardly ever looked at running shoes. Hey, you know? I guess that, that that sounds like us. I think. Oh fuck. Oh yeah. We don't mean to put ourselves in that company. That's for sure. <laughs> Certainly not that level of skill. <laughs> Who's your who? Who else do you think besides Harry Carey? I mean, there's some obvious ones. I've got two I really like. Um, being from Seattle, 
Dave Niehaus was a cornerstone of how I began to interpret baseball when I was growing up, right. um, especially with the mid-90s Mariners team with Dan Wilson, Randy Johnson, Joey Cora, Edgar Martinez, the Ken Mariners. Griffey Jr. I don't think I've ever heard of that team. But you've never seen him. Anything? You've definitely never seen him in the playoffs. Oh, that's, that's uh, the problem. Save from this last okay. year. Yeah. You've never seen him do incredible in the playoffs, but yeah. by golly, they show up every game. And that's my team. That's a yeah. paycheck. That's and, what they call that. But Dave Niehaus had that classic line, my oh my. It just continues Anytime we would get a little action can, over can the outfield wall. you do that one wall. more time? I think I, you know, I got the hair on the back of my neck. Ooh. Jeez, I don't know about that, Adam. Are we jumping over my, there? Oh Look my. at you. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas. I'm going to say, I'm going to talk the man, the myth, the legend, which he went out the way he shouldn't have gone out, but my boy, Howard Cosell. Tell me. Tell me, tell me. That boy, I mean, how awesome was he? I mean, he was sitting in there with Dan and, uh, you know, the boys, uh, uh, Dapper Dan, right? Don Meredith, um, for Monday Night Football. Hello, everyone. I'm Howard Cosell. And it is a typically windblown candlestick park. And frankly, I am cold. But, you know, he did what made him so huge was the love and the friendship that he had with the, the greatest of the great, Mr. Muhammad Ali. They had a true relationship. Uh, and so Howard went from Monday Night Football for, uh, was that a burp? Was that a pretty good burp? Yeah, but I cut my nice mic. One. Oh, you cut your mic off. He cut his mic on the burp, guys. I cut my burp, mic for the burp. Don't cut your mic. Don't cut, don't do that, man. That's, that's just wrong. All right, give me two and a half minutes, okay? Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, Howard uh, liked to maybe toast a few. And he got himself in trouble in 1983. Uh, Who Dallas... got in trouble in the 80s for drinking? No, it wasn't that. It was for what he said. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, he he said something um, that some people that you know that people always make things out of nothing, right? Mm -hmm. But he was talking about a, a player running and doing his thing, and um, some people didn't like what he said. I, I think when I was a a youngster, and and uh, you know. We've got a mom in the audience, mom's in the audience here, and I'm sure, when, how many times has your mom called you a little monkey? Uh, what are those little monkeys doing out there? I don't, well, I guess there was a tree in the backyard that was about 80 feet tall, and we, would, we climbed up to the top of it more yeah. than once. So I believe... Well, kids are monkeys. They're little monkeys, man. They're, they're running around doing their thing, right? I prefer the term rugrat, I think, when I was a child. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 okay. Well, um, anyway, he used that, and, and it kind of got him um, thrown out of, the, out of the game early. Uh, I think he should have been there a lot longer. But Jesse Jackson and, and Muhammad Ali came to his rescue, uh, which... He didn't deserve it. I mean, he was he was just a cool, badass cat. Man. I will say, sportscasters are probably victim of sound bites getting them in trouble. Absolutely. Like, quicker than so many other folks, if we think about, like, broadcasting history or, like, entertainment history in general, because they're trying to fill so much airtime. Yep. And if you hop on the YouTube, go up into that search bar when you're done watching the video and you've left a comment, um, and search football announcers taken out of context. And they are some of the best clips ever. Josh Bynes has been coming all night long, but then he pulls out, and, and it's just hard. It's been a while since he's seen a hole that big. This is a thick, 
wide receiver who is powerful from the waist down. You hear guys just talking about how you love it when you're when you're all sweaty and in the zone and a big yep. guy just comes up and unloads, comes right in your face, and then they cut off to write the next thing. I mean, you can take five seconds and make a sensational bit out of it real easy from those guys. Well, it's interesting. These guys are on air, you know, all day long, and 20 years later, they're going to come up to you, and do you remember when you said this in 1983? Uh, no, dude, I don't remember. I don't know, remember what happened last night, <laughs> let alone 1983, Sorry, right? Congressman, I'm five yeah. beers deep going to church. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Yeah, I just got into that, okay? <laughs> so leave me alone. Yeah. So the next guy for me um, is, you know, absolutely huge in in this demographic, um, Vince Scully. High fly ball in the right field. She is gone. You know, the old Vin, man. Local boy, made good. But what's interesting is that, you know, he started with the Dodgers when they were where? New York? Brooklyn. 1950. Whoa. 1950, they were in Brooklyn. That's, huh. that's how long he went. Wow. He was with the Dodgers, I think, for 67 seasons. Boy. That's a few more years than you've been around, Adam. What yeah. do you think? That's like a, me on a three-piece around the block. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, plus. <laughs> but think about it. He did uh, PGA. Um, he worked for NBC, CBS. He did the whole thing, but his main thing, you know, and that's what's so cool. When you spend that many years, 67 years with one franchise, I mean, you, you have to become a great. You are great. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And he was such a great personality. He was a very charitable guy. And uh, Van, we miss you, brother. And guys, uh, don't miss us. Hit that subscribe button, all right? That's right. Stick around for the updates after uh, the break. But one more Dodger that I would like to talk about, too, was the shortstop counterpart to Jackie Robinson, mm -hmm. Pee Wee Reese. He was like one of Jackie's strongest allies and supporters as he was making the move from the Negro Leagues into like professional white baseball, right? Right, right. And he became an announcer following his tenure at, uh, at the Dodgers as well. Nice. And it was probably, I think he announced all around through the mid 60s. So the Dodgers kind of have this killer legacy of cornerstone um, announcers, which, which I kind of love. Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting. You, you see these announcers in baseball, at least. Um, it doesn't really work that way in football. But in baseball, these guys, you know, they work for that agency and that's what they're doing. Yeah, they work for the team. Right. They become like the voice of the city in a way, like if Batman only had a microphone. And it's kind of a cool position to hold outside of even just baseball. You know, people kind of become come enthralled with it. Yeah. But do you have a favorite? Do you have an all-time favorite? I mean, hey, guys, definitely hit a comment. Tell us who your favorite is. I don't care if wherever you are on, on the globe. Tell us if you're in the soccer, cricket, wrestling, like Adam Bowling. You bowling, know, there's, competitive there, bowling. They probably had some great bowling uh, announcers. Oh, yeah. The yeah. dart. A Adam probably knows announcers. them all. Oh, yeah. Ten Pin Timmy and, and Loose <laughs> Left Louie. Those guys are nuts on the mic. Yeah. No, Dave Niehaus would be my favorite just because that's what I grew up with. That's who I heard in the radio. 
I remember when we would leave games early because, oh, we had school the next day, yada, yada. And we would click on the radio in the car. 710 Cairo, right, Ma? AM? That's right. Shout out to it. Um, no, the only reason you left early is because Mama Shar and Daddy <laughs> Timmy Tim. wanted to get out of there before the parking lot became a problem. That's, Didn't always work that way. Yeah. You know how that goes. <laughs> but, you know, those voices, like, grow your association to sports. And baseball still, I still enjoy watching it, thanks to the beer as well. But the that voice is always in the back of my mind when I'm watching. So my all-time favorite Absolutely. Okay. He got drafted in the 21st round uh, for the Eagles. And I don't believe he ever even played much at all. Go Uh, birds. Yeah. Um, But John Madden, man, what a badass dude. John, we love you, brother. Uh, He, as a player, you know, he had a knee injury, so he never really did anything. But as a coach, you know, in 79, Six, 1976, and he was a Raider coach, man, and that's when Raiders were the, the baddest bitches on the planet. I mean, was that when they were the LA Raiders still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they were known as just the terrorizers. I mean, they just tore everybody up, hmm. and they played dirty. You know, they had Lyle Alzado and all the all those badass boys. And they were the team of choice for up and coming South Central hip hop artists too. Oh hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. it's Compton all over. Um, but what, shit about Compton. Get out of here. What? What? You about? what uh, the Compton Rollers were the Raider Rollers, man. <laughs> All right, Mr. Come Newport on. Beach. What hey, hey, just saying. <laughs> um, it's a big car club, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay, hey. that's sick. All right, all right. Uh, uh, now you're getting it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but the cool thing is, you know, he did extremely well. He's the guy that came up with the turducken, and you know, he always did the Thanksgiving stuff and all that. But um, for a guy that you know, played two plays for the Eagles and got hurt, became a great coach for the Raiders. Al loved him to death. Um, you know, EA Sports came to him and said, hey, do you mind if we give you $150 million to put your fat ass on our cover and uh, use your name? He's like, yeah, just give me another piece of turkey. Talk about setting up a franchise. Oh, my <sighs> gosh. Huge. Back then, I mean, he, he's, he led the way. Yeah. Guys, let us know who your favorite sportscaster is. I don't care what it is. We love you. We'll catch you next time.